set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two Black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing When Harry Met Sally from 1989, directed by Rob Reiner. So it is fall, allegedly, and (laughs) we are discussing romantic comedies again. Kind of switching it up, going for some classics, Um, something to put you in the mood, the mind for fall, and discussing topics that set your timelines on fire. Oh my God. Can we just discuss how this was almost 100% like something that I see on Twitter in relationships, love, and sex Twitter? That seeps into basis. my freaking timeline. I followed a few people this year and I regret it because somehow there's always a discussion about, do you fix your husband's plate? Blah, 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 blah. What if your man and your children were hanging off a cliff and one <laughs> fell, who would you save? You'd save your man because you'd always have another kid, right? That's what you told us. That's what y'all told us. This is also the site where people talk about how they like their men medium ugly. So, like, I just, uh, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you don't want My your disdain man to for the because website. Because then blah, blah, blah. But if you medium ugly, you know the self-esteem match or some shit. <laughs> yeah, this house is probably dirty as well. I've also seen those stories. I've seen a lot of stories that I just frankly have sucked the the romance interest out of me. I was sitting there watching this movie. I'm like, this is nice, but romantical. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a lot of questions about, you know, can men and women be friends without something happening? Lots of rules, it seems like. I'm sure this has ruined some of you, your parents, maybe your grandparents, if you're a youngin', (laughs) Uh, that maybe um, has damaged the American psyche forever. (laughs) I don't know. It remains to be seen. But if you are on Twitter for any length of time, you've probably seen one of these dumbass questions come across your timeline at least once. That sets everything ablaze. Um, yeah, so this, this, this film, this is my second time watching it. This is my first, like, I watched it a couple weeks ago. I was looking for something to lift my spirits. This movie did and didn't do it at the same time. <laughs> because I was like, wow, this movie is kind of depressing. Um, yeah, it's a lot sadder it has, than people make it out to be. It has long stretches of damn, they depressed me too. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, shit. Um, and then it is, but it's very funny, is well acted, and I see why it's a classic. Um, but we're going to talk about these questions, these conversations that are had in the this dialogues film. that are yeah. being started. 
Um, you know what? It's like the basis of every, like, I'm so sorry if you're like straight and like you listen to this, but like straight men with podcasts. That's um, yes. But like they have it like on card tables and, you know, they put their little questions on YouTube and there's always like one girl there for like the female perspective, but she's a bird. God bless her. <laughs> so she's just as bad as the rest. And like, oh God, I don't, I didn't mean to come out the gate being a hater, but like, it's my nature. So like, I, uh, if I, if I was not so terminally online as I am, I'd probably feel a different way because I like romantic comedies um, or romantic dramas, but I was like, oh, this is giving me a little, this is giving me a little timeline ish. (laughs) Yeah. My first watch was like, ooh, this is cute. This is romantic. And then my second watch for the podcast, I was like, oh, this is where these questions come from. I know. And I don't even know. Like, I was thinking, like, earlier, like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like, men and women being friends is a very new concept. Um, It was not that long ago where where a woman could not be in the company of a man without a chaperone. (laughs) In some places, I think they still do stuff like that. So this is like kind of a brand new idea in the, in the grand scheme of like human history, I believe. Um, You know, of course there's always exceptions, but I think it's like generally accepted that like the male and female spheres blending is relatively new. Um, probably a thing that mostly mainly happened, I guess, in like the 20th century. But, um, you know, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I think that's like overall, that's probably like the source of the problem <laughs> is that this is very, this is very new territory for everybody and everybody's getting it wrong. <laughs> or at least if they're getting it right, it, it, it was a struggle to get, to get there in the first place. Yeah. Um, but the the inspiration for this film is interesting to mm-hmm. me because it's also kind of it's personal mm-hmm. um so rob reiner comedy legend yes if you're young and you don't know who rob reiner is um he is most well known i think for probably this movie and the princess bride directing the princess bride and if you're an old bitch like me and Brittany. Uh, you may have watched um, reruns of All in the Family <laughs> when he yeah. was on that show, um, a show that would not be made today. Um, no, no, no. God bless. <laughs> the Norman Lear empire would have stopped dead in its tracks. You can't, no. No, no you, you can't. can't. Do that in no, society. not with a character. I mean, you can have shitty characters like that, but I don't think people would think it was funny <laughs> like it was presented at the time. Um but yeah, so he's got a really long, illustrious career. Um, you might babies. know him. We don't know. Today, if you catch it on Netflix, he is Jessica Day's dad on New Girl. Oh, okay. I've never seen New Girl. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think I don't usually see him out and about on stuff, but he pops up fairly regularly. Apparently, he was in The Wolf of Wall Street, which I don't remember. <laughs> but I've also seen that movie like maybe once <laughs> or twice. Um what else has he directed? Oh, he directed This Is Spinal Tap. He directed Stand By Me, Misery. Um, he got some bangers, stuff. bro. He do have some bangers. It gets a little shaky towards the later 
half of the 90s um, and the 2000s. But yeah, he's pretty he's pretty well known. Um, like once you see him, you, you kind of recognize him all the time, I think. Mm-hmm. And he was married to another comedy legend, mm-hmm. Miss Penny Marshall. Again, yes, if you're old bitches like us, you know, <laughs> Laverne and Shirley. Yes, know. she played Laverne. Mm-hmm. The one with the giant L, if you don't yes. know. <laughs> and she was also a director because she is Gary Marshall, or she was Gary Marshall's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, she directed quite a few things. Didn't she direct... Um, a League of Their Own? Yes, that's the one. I have not seen that movie before. Sorry, but I know that. And she's also directed a personal favorite of mine, which is Riding in Cars with Boys. I think that was like the last movie she directed. Um, but yeah, they were married, which I always forget. And then they got divorced. And that was the inspiration for Harry's character um, in the throes of divorce, which... Knowing Rob Reiner, I feel like he would be extra, extra, extra depressed. And like, yeah, like Harry is so depressed and so, so funny. Like, I'm sorry, Harry's funny. Yeah, if it wasn't for Billy Crystal, I feel like this would be like a really, really, really uh, um, down, like downtrodden, draining character. (laughs) But because it's Billy Crystal, um... It's a little bit more, like, sardonic, I guess, is maybe the word I want to use. Um, he's obviously going through it, but he plays mm-hmm. it off with humor for the most yeah. part. Even though he says what he's thinking at any given moment of the day. Like, so, he don't give a damn. Like, he sometimes not. you're he just should. like, please, please write it down in a journal. <laughs> Do you want to write it down in a journal? Do you want to, like, talk to somebody? Um and not say things out loud <laughs> in public. But, um, yeah, apparently that's who Harry's based on. Billy Crystal came in and made it, like, a lot more um, humorous, I guess. Um, and, like, I guess because, like, Billy Crystal has experience with, like, improv from being on Saturday Night Live, they kind of would add in stuff. I don't know, like, how much of this movie was improv but... Usually comedians will kind of, like, interject their own sort of humor into things. Like the, what's the line? Uh, the I'll have what she's having. That was, like, Billy Crystal's idea. Um, and, like, stuff like that. So um, I guess if the babies don't know, once again, not to be condescending, but we're just going to give y'all the background. Uh, Billy Crystal, another icon. <laughs> <laughs> a yes. like living legend, I guess. Um, very famous comedian. Was on Saturday Night Live. I think in like the was it like the premiere season or something about around or or was he a I host? I'm trying to remember. Believe so, but I am not entirely sure. My familiarity with Saturday Night Live is like the 80s, 90s, yeah, 2000s. Yeah, so he was a frequent host. No, cast member and frequent host of Saturday Night Live. So he started really um, on TV. He was on like a so or a sitcom called Soap on ABC, mm. and then he was a cast member of Saturday Night Live. He's toasted the um, Oscars a million and one times, um, and him and Rob Reiner are pretty close friends. 
Uh, also, if you're very, very young <laughs> listening to this, you don't know who we're talking about. Just go know. log Y'all on know. to Disney Plus, hit that play button on Monsters Inc., and be welcomed by the great Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Is Mike Wazowski? <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, and also he's been in some other things, um, he's been in quite a bit of things, but he had, like, kind of a great, like, streak of films before this one, um, and then Meg Ryan came in, and this was, like, kind of her big role that made her, like, like, extremely, extremely famous, because I think she was kind of, like, on, like, soap operas or something beforehand, and then she was, like, she had, like, a small role, I think it's or at least a supporting role in like Top Gun um, and some other films. But this was like like career making for her, which you can kind of tell <laughs> once you like watch it. And certain parts of it are pretty memorable, like on her side. Um, and of course, she was in the wonderful, a personal favorite animated classic, Anastasia. <laughs> mm-hmm. A great movie. I have not seen her in a minute. Um, she. I think she's, like, directing stuff. I don't really know if she's, like, really acting, acting anymore. The last thing I see on her credits is a movie called Ithaca in 2016. Yeah, so it's been I, a minute. I haven't seen her in anything in a minute. Yeah, it's been, she was, like, I feel like, like, 90s, like, white it girls. It was, like, Meg Ryan. Like in that probably first half, because she was in Sleepless in Seattle, and she was in You Got Mail. She was in some other movie I can't remember. I know she was in that movie called Kate Leopold, which is like so ridiculous, but like Queen of the Romantic Comedies. That was like had, when all I remember is something about Hugh Jackman like coming out of a sewer or some shit like a Ninja they, Turtle. They like from the past. like her ex boyfriend manages to bring back his ancestor, which is this guy named Leopold from I don't know some country and. Europe in like the 17th or 18th, probably 18th, 19th century or something. And um, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but it was Hugh Jackman. And then like they fall in love or something. I've seen it like one time, like a million years ago. But I was like, this is ridiculous. There's like time travel or some shit. Like I don't really do time travel um, very well. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, but I... Um, yeah, I haven't seen her in a long time on anything. And then, um, like Brittany was saying, this movie is kind of based off of Rob Reiner's like divorce. But then there's also, um, it was I guess they kind of came up with it talking to like him and Nora Ephron, which um, is another legend. She was a legend. Yeah, powerhouse in the white lady romance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the Industry. white lady romance genre. She was like a powerhouse, which I always heard about her because she kind of died suddenly, um, like maybe about 10 years ago or so. And there was like a lot of like outpouring of, you know, people giving like, you know, memories and stuff of like movies and stuff that she wrote because she wrote the, this movie. She wrote and directed um, Sleepless in Seattle another Meg Ryan uh, movie, and then she directed You've Got Mail, um, which is so, like, (laughs) 
how innocent were we that there's a whole plot about getting emails? Yeah, that's how you find love. You find love online through an email. Yeah. I've never seen that movie, but it was a pretty I think big the deal. email was sent to the wrong address. I don't know. I just know that she's in a fight with uh, Tom Hanks. She's in a fight with Tom Hanks, so she's got like a she's got like a small doesn't she have like a small bookstore? She has a small bookstore and he kind of runs like the Barnes and Noble of bookstores. Yeah, I just like a fictional it like a long time ago. I've never seen it, but I was like doing some Googles. But um, yeah, before Amazon decimated Barnes and Noble, Barnes and Noble decimated your mom and pop shops. <laughs> so that was kind of the storyline. Is like they're obviously like fundamental opposites, um, and they are connecting over email without really knowing um, who they uh, are talking to. I believe. Um, but yeah, Nora Ephron had a pretty. Pretty um, well-established career um, in film writing and directing. And, um, yeah, I don't <laughs> – I she kind of based – so she based Harry off of Rob Reiner. And then Sally was kind of based off of her and, like, people she knew. So I don't really know how much of it was based off of Sally. Like, does she not like her dressing on her salad? kind of thing or did she just know somebody like that and put all her business on front street for the world to <laughs> laugh at i don't know yeah that's really specific like mm, yeah <laughs> sally's very particular yeah she's very particular um harry is kind of more laid back kind of almost well yeah i would say a little chauvinistic um and they're like basically like fundamental op- like opposites. Like a Paula um, Abdul song. <laughs> what's the one? What's the cat? MC Scat Cat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was dancing with that damn cat. Um, but yeah, so she kind of, I guess like they're kind of, the whole film is basically trying to analyze like, can two people from the opposite sex be friends? Um, people have. I think nowadays we ha- people have varying opinions on this, but I feel like back then it was probably long held that no, <laughs> it's impossible. Um, and uh, yeah, apparently Tom Hanks, Richard Dreyfus, Michael Keaton, and Albert Brooks were all very, uh, they were all considered for the role of Harry. The only person of that, those people that you named, who I think could have done it is Michael Keaton. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't really know about Tom Hanks being so, like, sarcastic. People who know Tom Hanks' filmography intimately, you know who I'm talking to. (laughs) He can't, like, everything that he's done, he has never played a mean-ish role. Like, he has never played a mean-ish person. Ever. Yeah, he's kind of like the Will Smith of like white men, I guess. Yeah, where they don't play mean people, and that's specifically by design. And I don't even know if he could. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he has it in him. Even in like I'm flashing back through the Rolodex of my brain. Okay. In like that thing you do, he was kind of like an aloof 
firm manager to the leaders or the lenders. And that was like the meanest that I like the quote unquote meanest that I've seen him be on film. I don't think I've seen that thing you do. I'm not really well versed in Tom Hanks and stuff. I don't think, I don't know. He doesn't strike me as like a fast talking, like, like I don't, that's not his style of comedy. Yeah. But it is like Michael Keaton's style of comedy, and it would be Richard Dreyfuss's style of comedy. But I wouldn't want to see Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> yeah, I was also trying to think about that because, like, a lot of these people are—they're old now, but they also seem old back then. Like, like, but Michael Keaton was hot though in 1989. Like, but he 1989 is Batman year, so he was hot. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really. I don't know if they actually approached him about it. Um, I mean, Richard Dreyfus and Billy Crystal are about the same age <laughs> now, and also Albert Brooks. But I've never seen Albert Brooks look. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to like de-age them all in my mind, and I'm like, hmm. Albert Brooks could do it, but also like, no. <laughs> it's just I don't I don't know about that. Like, no, like, uh, no. <laughs> I like, to, he, let me look, he let me, could do it, but no. Let me get the car fact. He's a bit more like a, a quieter, threatening presence. <laughs> I always feel like <laughs> he just feels like he's a little bit more softer. Like. In his, like, sarcasticness of it. I, I don't, I wouldn't want to experience that. <laughs> Well, it's also, I mean, he, you know what? It's funny. He does kind of look like a young Billy Crystal. It's the hair. <laughs> but it's also funny because, like, Billy Crystal was, like, what? Like, almost, like, in his 40s in this movie? And then, like, Meg Ryan is in her late 20s. I think she would have been, t- like, 20. Nah, no, 28 when this movie mm. came out. So it's very funny because when they try to make Billy Crystal look young, I'm always like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they put that his little Drake goatee on him. Ah, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, yeah, so it's very, um, it's very interesting how they kind of came to this conclusion. But basically, the whole friendship that they have is actually based off of Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal's friendship, including talking on the phone and watching the same program um, for people that was to cute. talk on the phone. I used to do shit like that all the time. <laughs> um, so that was kind of fun to see. But um, yeah, I mean, we were talking about the, the backstory, but basically this movie is about two people, uh, Harry and a Sally who meet, um, they're driving to New York together from Chicago. Um, they know each other via um, Sally's friend Amanda, who Harry is dating at the time. They, um, first of all, it's not an 18-hour drive to Chicago. I just had to make that. I don't know why they did that, but I just that irked me. But they're drinking this long drive to Chicago because Sally is starting a journalism. Um, she's starting a journalism school. And I guess Harry's has got a job or something like that. Um, and so they're riding together and um, they basically <laughs> are so opposite from each other. And they also start to talk and they're basically like, 
you know, men and women can't be friends. That's like Harry's thing. And especially if like a woman's attractive, you know, of course men. <laughs> and um, they kind of get to New York and they're just like, all right, well, we do not need to be friends. <laughs> I mean, Obviously Sally we can't dropped them be- off at Central Park and was like, bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. He drops, she drops him off at like what, Washington Square or something. And which I was like, damn, like, where, where is his house? <laughs> he like disappeared. She was like, bye forever, nigga, bye. He took that duffel back. And I was like, he's like, he's going to go sleep on a park bench. Where are you not going to take him to the, you're not going to take him to the actual front door. <laughs> and she was but like, I, I can't wait enough. to never see that man again. Yeah. She was like, I've, I've had enough. And she was like, well, it's unfortunate because you were my only, you would have been the only person I knew in New York, you know? Um, but you know, he's too much of a, a dick. <laughs> for her to like put up with and so they just basically have these chance encounters until they actually become friends while also juggling relationships and other friendships and all kinds of stuff and you see their relationship grow and change um as they have grown older because i think this movie takes place over like 10 years or, or 12 years or something crazy mm-hmm. um and also interspersed in between a lot of scenes are these kind of like documentary style setups with like couples who are telling the camera how they met and some of them are like really sweet what was that one he like introduced himself as like something smalls like joe smalls of the coney island smalls (laughs) and i laughed so loud at that because i was like he sounds like such a like a like a nerd (laughs) but she thought it was cute she's like this is the man who got married um, so you have a lot of those things, too. you got men talking about, like, how they met their wives eons ago. <laughs> I think that like was my years. favorite part of the movie were yeah. the interviews because mm-hmm. it would be, like, a, a thousand-year-old couple would be like, yeah, <laughs> I saw my baby girl walk, walk out the juke joint. No, sorry, out the malt shop because... It's not a juke joint, honestly. Yeah, I'm about to say, I don't think any of these people are going to a juke joint. It's like, Somebody's it's not in a trouble. juke joint. Somebody got in trouble if they did. Yeah, it's a malt shop here. Um, <laughs> baby girl's walking out the malt shop and we locked eyes. And I was like, I'm going to marry that girl. And they got married. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, that's sweet. and a lot of these are like, we got married like three weeks later. And I'm like, goddamn. I mean, you got to get married fast. Like, relationships in the olden times lasted like, 48 hours. My God. I know some of them are like arranged too. I think there was like a an Asian couple that were like, I wanted to make sure she was pretty before, before I met. Before <laughs> I like, committed if she was to- ugly, I was not getting married. I was like, damn. I mean, you know, you already have to be put in the position of like growing to love each other. <laughs> why, why get with somebody who's ugly on top of it? Like, Make one thing easier. I well, he like could do know. that, but she couldn't. That's true. She was. She was like, "Oh shit, this is like a what's that? What's that? What's that show? Married at First Sight." Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, where you just got pulled down the. <laughs> they pull up the veil, and you're like, "Ah oh, shit." <laughs> There's no turning back now, though. But yeah, that was like stuff like that. I thought that was cute um, and unexpected for the movie. Um, but yeah, I think like <laughs> I, I need to pull up my notes because there's so many times I was just like Harold, Harold. 
he was wilding. Like every every five minutes, he would have something that was very stressful to say. Yeah. Like, or to do. So we're introduced to both Harry and Sally. Like Harry is making out with his girlfriend for like I was twenty not minutes. Ready for all that, I was like, ew! I've never seen Billy Crystal slip someone's tongue before. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> you, you weren't prepared. You weren't prepared for it. Billy Crystal to be a sex symbol. You weren't. I know. I know. Davlin is listening to this. Like, oh, of course he's a sex symbol. You weren't prepared <laughs> for the thought of Billy Crystal blowing backs out. Oh. That because that's what the <laughs> that's what this movie is putting in people's heads. Yeah, that he is um, a love him and leave him type of person, mm-hmm. where he's just like, oh, you know. The sweat on my back hasn't dried yet, and I got to get the fuck out. <laughs> kind of okay. like, like that. I'm just like, okay. For not? our listeners, do you believe Billy Crystal blows backs out? Like, as a person or as Harry, as a fictional character or as Billy Crystal? Let us know. Uh, Sound off know, in the comments. Like, comedians always get laid. I mean, they're funny. Funny guys are charming for the yeah. most part. Unless they're- most part, I've never heard about Billy Crystal being weird. I don't know. Um, I could, you know, I've kind of tapped out of the male comedian conversation um, permanently. <laughs> it's um, as if right now, because um, it's not good. But, it's not um, good. Every it's time not I tap good. in, I have to be like. Oh. No, I'm tapped out. I'm 100% tapped out. There's not one of you that could be me being like, yeah, I'd just really, I'd really sit down and absorb this comedy special. No, the goodwill has run out. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I've, um, I've, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> he's been married since 1970 to the same woman. Good job. Yeah. So he's been, he's one of those where, what is that, like 50? Wow. Yeah, 51 50. years. Dang. Yeah, that's a long time. They solid like, as a rock. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, Billy Crystal's not somebody who usually pops up in the news a lot, so I don't really know <laughs> like anything about their relationship or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, he's one of those. So he was already married when this movie came out. Hmm. Um, so yeah, we're basically supposed to believe that he is you know, this little horn dog. And uh, how do you describe Miss Sally? Because <laughs> we've been Sally talking a lot is, about Harry, but we need to talk about Sally. <laughs> I don't want to describe her negatively because I feel no. like that's a problem. No, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't say it's necessarily negative, but she does have pe- peculiar quirks that she come has up her way. She is a woman often. set in her ways. She's very set in her ways. Um, you know, she has some moments where she steps out the box. Um, mm-hmm. And she, like, she starts off, first of all, this movie starts off in, like, 19, no, 1977. And so um, when he meets her, <laughs> like, she's got, it's a wig. <laughs> she's got this, like, this fair faucet, you know, the blown back thing going on and, like, this very severe purple eyeshadow like lilac <laughs> eyeshadow she's kind of prissy but also he's fucking gross she's dressed like eating. a tour guide she is kind of dressed i don't i mean 
you know, for the seventies, you'd think she'd be a little less severe. Um, and the severeness would probably come in the eighties, but she was already on the wave long before everybody else. <laughs> and so, um, Harry is gross. He's eating grapes. First of all, he like sticks his ass in her face trying to get the grapes. The grapes just took me off guard. I was very, first of all, like spitting is gross. Um, spitting in my car is definitely gross. And spitting when the window is down and you didn't realize the window was down. So you spit on my fucking window. Grounds for removal from the vehicle. <laughs> and you don't know that person. You yeah, don't you just know met her. Yeah, literally just met. That's two what, minutes that, before you start fucking spitting. That's that's the impression <laughs> that she was given. First impressions. Were you, was it you never get a second chance to make a first impression? You sure do not. No, and so he was like, "Oh, sorry," but he's like spitting, and he's got what he's got his like foot on the dashboard or some shit. Like it's a lot, and so she's kind of just like, "Ugh, this is gonna be a long ass ride." They stop at like a diner or something, and they're kind of going back and forth about the whole like, I don't know, like men and women can't be friends, but also like he kind of makes a pass at her, um, and that kind of like sets them off into this whole thing. Because uh, he's like his, he makes a thesis statement of the film that men and women can't just be friends. After he's like, you know what, you're attractive. And she's like, you're dating my friend, so what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I can't say you're attractive. She's like, no, because you're dating, you're dating my friend. He's like, well, I can't do anything about it now. It's very it's like, hey, Miss Lady, you can't have friends type of thing, but he don't want to be our friend, you know. And not only did he say all that, he said that after saying that she has not had good dick before. Because... <laughs> It was kind of funny, though. He had a good, like, he had some good reasoning because, like, girl Sheldon. <laughs> she's like, I have had good sex before. It was a Sheldon, whoever the hell. And, I, and he was like, oh, no. No, not with that name. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not yelling that one out loud. <laughs> He's like, a Sheldon can do your income taxes. And I was like, that does sound like somebody you would go to as a certified public accountant to help manage your money he just roasts her constantly and she doesn't know how to like react or counteract his roast in the beginning so she just gets really flustered and freaks out and it just makes him go harder yeah he's kind of one of those like when you know you smell weakness going for the kill and she's all flustered and shit and he's like it's she's she's just she's out of her depth with this one she regrets (laughs) she regrets this trip entirely and they still have like at least two three hours on yeah because they they do this like overnight thing which i mean i wouldn't do but you know when you're broke it's usually the thing that you do (laughs) Because y'all take turns and somebody don't crash us in the middle of the night. Um, and so they basically con- like complete their trip to New York City after this awkward-ass conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think I could do it. 
Like, I don't think I would have been able to do it after he, like, pulled out a bunch of fucking grapes and spit in my car. Like, your spit is still lingering on the window, probably, because I know he didn't wipe it off. And I'm not about to touch it because I don't know you like that. I just met you two minutes ago. (laughs) So I don't think I would have been able to do it. Yeah. No, it definitely... I will say that I'm not personally a fan of male friends <laughs> or men in general. What's the word? Isn't it misandry? That's that's what we're yeah, going for that's here. The word. Mis- misandry um, flows through my veins um, at most um, at a high level. So um, this would never happen <laughs> for me. I can't even I can't even imagine doing. It. I mean, I just. Like I just did a cross country move, and I did that shit by myself. <laughs> there's no, there's no Harry involved. So, um, yeah, I can't imagine like continuing this trip. However, they really don't have a choice unless you just left him by the side of the road with his little. I mean, I would have. I mean, yeah, if you were still in Chicago, you could have been like, okay, you guys, you, I don't know what you're gonna do, but you got, you got hitch a ride and something. <laughs> I mean, she'll know. She does not know that man. She could have left him on the side of the road at any rest. Yeah, she could have been like, girl, Amanda, I'm sorry, bro. He said he had to go do some stuff. Because this is like, you know, pre-cell phones and stuff. So you don't have to tell anybody anything. No, you could have just used the payphone and said, Amanda, why? Why did you do this? Do you not respect me as a person, Amanda? You could literally have just been like, oh, well, shit, you know, my bad. And then forgot about her, which is what they all did. (laughs) Nobody remembers Amanda. (laughs) No one remembered Amanda. It was so fucking. <laughs> so like basically, either she drops him off in the middle of goddamn nowhere, in the middle of Washington Square, which I don't know. Maybe he knew the train station. I don't know. So um, he, first of all, he got with that big old duffel bag and that bat. And I was like, where the hell are you going? <laughs> but she drove off to go to journalism school, which I also thought. I guess she's like, this is her master's degree? Yeah. Because, like, now if you can get a journalism degree for, like, as a bachelor's, I thought, because we have a journalism school at my school. But that was why I was kind of confused, too, about ages and stuff like that. But apparently, I guess they're both in, like, their early 20s, 21, 22 or or so. Um, And so, yeah, they'd kind of just, like, never speak again (laughs) because that's what you would do. Back then, you would never look somebody up. <laughs> it would be hard because of, of you know, if you've ever taken a look in a phone book, it was never easy to find somebody's number. If you didn't know their last name especially, and if they had a common last name, forget that shit, unless you wanted to call every single number. <laughs> and, and in a city like New York, I feel like that would be next to impossible. And also, he was a dickhead and spit all over her windows. So there was no um, effort to communicate further, no following each other on Instagram, um, it wouldn't have happened. But they meet, let's say, five years later, I believe. Um, By chance? Yeah, in the airport, which I was like, oh, I know we always talk about airports on here randomly as like a symbol of things, the way things used to be. Um, but yeah, like she's making out with her boyfriend in the terminal. And Harry like walks by because he knows her boyfriend, I think his name is Joe. Yeah. Um, and Harry's already, like, he's engaged, which everybody's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, somebody want to marry him? He's fucking gross. 
If well, not gross, but like gross. he's an asshole. He's just like uncouth, I guess. Like he's not, you know, you know, because he got a good job. Shirt. He yeah, got he's... money. He has an apartment. He dresses well. He's just hairy. Like he's he's just a kind lot. of a dick. Yeah, he's just a lot, you know, big personality. Um, and he's like a political consultant now or something. And so Sally's been dating this guy for months, so they're kind of in the honeymoon phase. And then they <laughs> they start talking on the plane, which he makes that guy switch his seat. <laughs> the guy was like, "Do you want to do you want to switch seats so you could talk?" And she's like, "No." And he's like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, they start talking. I guess they have like an he has an amendment to his rule that men and women can be friends if they're involved with other people. Um, but then there's still the problem of your significant other thinking there's like something going on or like they aren't enough for you that why do you have to have a friendship with the opposite sex and blah, 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 blah. So it's like it boils down to like, no, you can't do this still. <laughs> Which also sounds horrible. Like that thesis, like your amended thesis sounds Bad as well, Harry. Yeah, it's not your sources, Harry. Yeah. MLA format, Harry. Yeah, this doesn't this doesn't seem like you've done enough testing. Obviously yeah. you haven't, Harry. Well he doesn't I mean, he doesn't sound like I think he says in the movie later that he's never had a girl for a friend. Mm-hmm. He's always had girls that were like lovers or girlfriends or whatever but he's never had an actual girlfriend so i don't know how he's making this like (laughs) how he's come to this conclusion other than just like personal experience of like i talked to this girl and i figured that she was not worth actually (laughs) communicating with as like on a human to human level (laughs) uh, it's just kind of like ah well i just need one thing and i'm good i'm good which is really dark if you really think about it yeah, yeah. Because some people, back to talking about Twitter, some people have really revealed themselves as straight up villains lately. Because <laughs> I saw one guy say, "I don't think I even like women. I like, you know, sex." That's not what he said, but I'm a, I'm I'm a keep, I'm gonna clean it up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he said, God. I like sex, but I don't really like them. <laughs> and I was like, well, what? at least somebody's finally coming to the, y'all are finally saying the quiet part out loud. Finally. Yeah, I, I breezed past that tweet and kept it moving because it was a little too much for me to take in and I process. And I was just like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I mean... They walk among us, Brittany. This is who we have to deal with on a daily basis. And I'm, you know, honestly, I appreciate that man's honesty. Yeah, so you can stay the fuck away from them. Exactly. Thank you for but being then true. All standing around. in your truth. But then the funny thing is, a lot of these people who kind of rebranded in 2014 as some sort of woke, like listen to black women, protect black women, blah blah blah. They like are slowly like it. it the 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 peeling back the layers of the onion, it stinks, you know. They have they, they you know, you can only play a role for so long. Yeah. 
before you just start. So, you know, I'm just like in a mood today. <laughs> I'm so sorry if you're a straight man listening to this. Um, Ashley, standing your truth. It's fine. I mean, hey. Hey. I don't think Harry is like that malicious. I just feel no. like, you know, when I was listening to this, I was just like, I'm getting, I'm, I'm having a lot of, I'm having a lot of, my mind's doing the Rolodex thing. The yeah, it's, it's, it's pulling up a lot of references and none of them are good. <laughs> no, like this is, this is really a conversation. The, the thesis of this movie is a conversation that is every single day, usually worse online because it is, is way more violent. It's unfiltered. Like, it's unfiltered and it gets way violent. And then it goes off on various tangents that are very weird sometimes um in a lot of different ways that yeah. i just can't get i just i just don't understand um and honestly it goes it, it really goes back to the way society is set up like you it was set up to not see women as people like the reason why men and women can't be friends is because Women weren't seen as equal because they weren't seen as people because that's the way things were set up. Yeah, especially since this is like a movie in the 80s. Like this is like post-civil rights, post-women's rights, post all kinds of stuff, labor movements and stuff like like this. A lot of upheaval happened (laughs) in the 20 years before this movie came out, 10, 15, 20 years before this movie came out. So, like, a lot is happening. So, like, you're kind of witnessing, like, these first sort of interactions of people who are, who in or normal stance, or, like, normal circumstances or, like, earlier circumstances would probably not be in the same room with each other unless they were, like, at someone's, I don't know, like, cotillion or something like that. Like, this was not, it would not be a thing. They would not be talking to each other. Yeah. Or, like, and then you also have, People like getting divorced and getting back into like the dating world, um, figuring that out. And these movies kind of are like what I like about these romantic comedies um, is that you see a little something different. Um, You see people who's lives that even though the the premise of them is like they are dating um but it's not all about them dating it's about their careers and their inner lives and things like that so you get a little bit more with them and i feel like this film set up the formula for romantic comedies to come for sure yeah i'm trying to think of like my mind kind of goes blank with like romantic comedies pre this movie, obviously they existed, but I feel like they were the setup was a little different, and um, how the characters are kind of like how they relate to each other is a little different. Like you would never have been friends at all; it was just being kind of like purely romantic pursuit. Um, so, um, and they definitely weren't really talking about divorce like this. I don't think. Um, cause I thought it was very, I was not prepared for the divorce thing. 
<laughs> so I think, what is it like? After they see each other in the, in the airport and they're kind of talking shit about each other, um, I think the next day or the next time frame is 1987. So we went from like 1977, 1982, 1987. So um, Carrie Fisher is having – first of all, Carrie Fisher is also in this movie. We did not talk about her beforehand. And she looks adorable. Like I love her haircut. I, I love I'm, Marie as a character. Marie is like um, Sally's friend. Marie mm-hmm. is always looking out for Sally, trying to like, okay, girl, um, you you got to stop moping. I got this man. <laughs> Let me go through that. I got you. Yeah, she actually pulled out a literal Rolodex, and I was like, God damn, remember those? (laughs) I thought, like, usually it would be, like, an address book of, like, men, but no, she had a Rolodex. Yeah, this is, like, people's, like, numbers that she'd probably saved at, like, any given time between, like, her office and her house. (laughs) So, because usually Rolodexes are, like, an office thing, but, you know, (laughs) whatever you got to do to get the digits, I guess. Um... And so Carrie Fisher, Marie, sorry, is having, um, I mean, I don't think we need to go into who Carrie Fisher is, like, legendary also. Um, I also was really, I was like, damn, I usually don't recognize Carrie Fisher out of Star Wars garb, which is a problem. But I'm always like, oh, shit, it's Carrie Fisher. (laughs) I just realized she was in that Charlie's Angels sequel, like, maybe last year I realized this. I've seen that movie a million times. She, she was? Like, she, yeah, she's a nun. Hmm. She was in Scream 3, talking shit. I don't think I'm used to her voice, maybe? Because her voice is kind of like on the deeper side. I'm like, oh shit, that is Carrie Fisher. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> but, um, yeah, she, uh, she's having an affair with a married man. They're all like, girl, get yourself, you know, the girl. You know, the, the, the Destiny Shell song. That was on. Mm-hmm. They're trying to do that to her. And she's just like, oh, he's never, you know, he's going to leave his wife, which, you know, they never do. So, um, and Sally has broken up with her boyfriend. So they were together for a really long time, like five years. And she was like, I'm good. It's everything's fine. I'm good. Um, and she doesn't really go into like why they broke up. Um, meanwhile, Harry is like talking to a friend. I think this is, is this, is this, um, what is his name? Jess. Yes. Jess. He's talking to his friend Jess at like a baseball game or something. I don't remember. Some sporting thing. And he's like, tells this whole story about, uh, she came home and she said, I don't, what did she say? I don't know if I ever loved you. <laughs> and I was like, yikes. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, Oh, like shit. Ooh, can you imagine all that, all those years and all that shit you did? I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I actually love you <laughs> at all. And then, um, I guess she had known she had like movers come and all this stuff. But then it was like really just fake. It was just like she left him. She was cheating on him with you know, like an attorney. Um, and he kind of doesn't like know what to do. So actually, she, she left. Usually, it's like the opposite way. It's like the man leaves his wife or something. I feel like we see that a lot more if they do ever leave their wives. It's that, like that sort of dynamic, but he's not happy. <laughs> um, and also, uh, somehow they run into each other again, Harry and Sally. Mm-hmm. At the bookstore, he yes. lurking, like I know reading and Sally's like, uh, I think I know him. 
to Marie and because Marie's like, that man looking at you. And she looked yeah. at him. She's like, ooh. <laughs> I know him. He was creepy. He's being a little creepy. She's like, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. I'm, 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 I'm going to pretend like I don't know him. <laughs> I mean, they're not friends, so she wouldn't be. She'd be in her rights to ignore him. I, yeah, I especially after that plane ride, after the car ride. Just... It's been like five years. Like, I don't know you. <laughs> I actually don't really know you. And he comes over and Marie leaves. She dipped, bruh. She she disappeared like fucking tuxedo mask. <laughs> My work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> and with a sweep of her cape, she was out of there. Oh, man. And this is kind of where they reconnect for real. And yeah. Kind of catch up on everything because any uh, in this period of his life kind of um harry kind of like tells everybody what's going on with him yeah he doesn't have any i mean he, you know you can't shame someone who has no shame <laughs> and he's not ashamed to just be like yeah everything sucks <laughs> i'm going through it and then at the same time sally kind of opens up about her relationship and she kind of almost says in a vague way because she's like yeah marriage like ruins sex for people all my friends who are married are like they have babies and then they're like we haven't had sex in forever and then and it's not even like a big deal it's just like a statement of fact and she's like I'm happy like we were happy because you know we can do whatever um, you know, we can have sex on the floor if we want to, <laughs> or we can go to Rome at the moment's notice. Like, it doesn't matter. But like they, in reality, like they never did those things. Like you can have all the room to be spontaneous and you still didn't do it. Um, and I think eventually like Sally kind of told Joe, I feel like she said she wanted to get married. I don't know if she said she didn't, if she wanted kids, I almost got implied that she said she did. Yeah, like, one thing I don't... Okay, watching these movies now, like, watching any romantic comedy now from any time period before, like, 2010 is wild because a character would be like, I just turned 24, I'm old as fuck, and I'm not married with four kids. And it's like, <laughs> what? Um, But... Later on, we find out how old Sally is, but it's heavily implied that she does want to get married and she does want a family. And Joe kind of like speeds off like the roadrunner a little bit. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of men leaving situations at very high speeds in this movie. <laughs> I think she's 31. At that in, moment, yeah. At that movie, in this, at this point, because at one point, I think it's Marie who's just like, girl... Just get married before you die, so you can't say. So you basically say you can say you're married. I was like, that's not a good advice for anybody. They be <laughs> like, like, girl, I will like, say, you're thirty. They like, you have like two more years before you can have kids. Before you get desperate to have kids, and then Sally's like, no, you'll be fine until you're thirty six. And it's like, what, what, what are y'all talking about? Yeah, I don't know where the 
maybe it's like some sort of pamphlet that was posted or something. I don't know. But like, I don't know where that whole number kind of came from. I do know that the older you get, the more risky pregnancy can be. But usually that's not what people are talking about. Usually people are just talking about like, you have eggs until about the day you turn 30 and then they all shrivel up. <laughs> and if you're lucky to make it through your 30s with like one egg and that's, you know, that you could turn into a baby, um, then by God, it's a miracle. Your lone shriveled up egg. <laughs> like Angela on it. Gonna tote your egg, mama. I ain't toting that egg. <laughs> Did she tote the egg? She, I don't think she tote the. I don't think she tote it. Damn, she, damn, she got that man all the way over here. <laughs> Sorry, ma. I, I just need your egg. But yeah, <laughs> but Angela's also like in her fifties or yeah. something. Like, and I, it was not an egg. It was not happening. And, like, by that time, of course, you, like, you kind of expect that. But to say, like, oh, you turned 30, bitch, you were, you old, nigga? Like, <laughs> it's, like it's such a, it, I feel like those, some of those attitudes have changed. I know we talked about this, like, in our Bridget Jones episode. Go back and listen to that if you would like to. Um, but also I would say some of them have not changed fully as I would have hoped because there's always somebody talking about you know why are you on the internet if you're over 30 like <laughs> we didn't grow up <laughs> on the internet as well I don't know what 30 is about like what is that about um with people like this is always like the age of just like oh now you have to buckle down and know everything I'm like you never <laughs> no one ever comes into life and just just knows things like you never just turn an age and you know things and it's also like going back to like the pregnancy thing I feel like I don't know there's like weird things of people being like <laughs> well you can be an old bitch taking your kids to school if you want to but I won't <laughs> it's like okay well I I literally just might be an old bitch taking little Baja Blast <laughs> to Axel. fucking daycare. And that's fine. Like, let me be 60 years old taking a preschool. <laughs> I don't think that's 60. But, like, it's nothing wrong with that. If it, like, again, if you choose to have children young, it is nothing wrong with that. If you choose to have kids older, it's nothing wrong with that. That is just your path in life. Honestly, as um, long as you can take care of that kid, it really does not matter yeah, when you treat your, treat your child like a person yeah. and love them and mind your own fucking business. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird when people are like, you still don't have kids? Like what? Like, and then like, especially, I mean, now people are kind of grappling with the fact that everything is so unstable in the world that nobody wants to have kids anymore. <laughs> so that's going to be a thing. They're like, why aren't, why aren't millennial women having more kids? And it's just like, look at, look at the situation that we are in. After all this like talking and like opening up to each other, they kind of it's funny, too, because they don't really remember the things that they have said to each other. They're always like, I would never have said that. And they're like, yeah, you did say that. So um, they kind of decide, like, oh, I guess we're going to be friends, you know. And, like, he's kind of like, I've never 
been friends with like an attractive girl before. It's like, this is such a foreign experience for me. Like, I, this is weird. You don't, I don't have to touch your boob. Like, I could just talk to you as a person and you'll listen. You're to me a people? You're you a people? people? You got thoughts, feelings, and emotions? That's crazy. I would have never guessed. Mm. Um, but in the meantime, they're like on their individual depression shit. Um, Which, right, they write, like. He was sad. He was in that empty ass house, sad. He was sitting on the floor in his sweater. That was a nice sweater. That means that she had bought all the furniture. She cleared that shit out. She was out living I didn't realize because you know, I think there's that one scene when I put in the rug back, like they're put, laying a rug down in the living room. It's like a huge rug, so that it's like a two person job. But I was like, damn, they, they she she cleared his ass out. Like <laughs> she said, I do not live here anymore, and you don't have that stuff anymore. <laughs> is no longer yours um and but honestly going back to that and this doesn't it doesn't mean much now but it would have meant something then regarding the status of their relationship when he was talking about it he was excitedly talking about their relationship um when he was engaged to be married and he was like um yeah marry helen hillstrom but she's keeping her name Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of one of those modern woman things, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's it's modern woman, but also she might not have been as invested because it's also 1989. Yeah. So it's a little different because now than it would have been 30 something, 32 years ago. Yeah, I think they would have probably would have taken it as a slight almost, but like tried to like play it off. Yeah. Also, it, she would have been Helen Burns or Helen Hillstrom Burns, not just Helen Hillstrom. So I like how they're doing their sad. Um, they're both having their like sad girl autumn things that they're doing. Um, you know, she's doing jazzercise and <laughs> looking all depressed. And they're talking about, you know, does she miss him? But she's like, I miss the idea of him. And I was like, oh, Lord, I have heard people say this countless times. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I don't love him. I love the idea of him. I was like, y'all need to cut Miss Nora's uh, entire estate a check every time y'all say it. And I, I understand that. Like, you could have an idea, well, an idea of a person that you created in your head, like this is this is who that person is, and when they show who you show you who they really are, it breaks your heart. Yeah, especially if you've been together for so long, you're like, well, damn, what was the what was the reason for that? Um, they also and embrace about- when later on that gets that was <laughs> that made me laugh a little bit, but I feel bad. <laughs> uh, they end up talking about. High maintenance versus low maintenance. See, this is another topic. Yeah. Um, I would go as so far to say that high Sally is a little bit more high maintenance. I feel like, you know, usually you can see the dark side of people come out when there's food involved. Yeah, I feel, but you know. In restaurant okay. situations, as someone okay. who had to take people's orders at um, a fast food establishment, um, is a little triggered. 
Um, cause she was at, what she said, she was like, she wanted apple pie. She wanted to see the salad, she wanted apple pie. This is in the first, like, couple scenes. Then she said that if she didn't have the apple pie, she wanted the apple pie, but she wanted, like, the ice cream on the side. But if you couldn't do that, if she didn't have the kind of ice cream, she didn't want vanilla, she wanted strawberry, but she didn't have that, then, what was it, like, pecan or something? I don't know. She was just going ham. She has a lot of distinct requests. Don't put the sauce on the fucking food. Put it on the side. Lots of substitutions. This is probably the reason why people don't give substitutions or charge you an arm and a leg for a substitution for people like Sally. <laughs> I didn't like that scene so much because the waitress is a black woman listening to all that shit. And I was like, I don't like this. Exactly. That was me. Circa, I don't know, 2000, 2011, 2010 or something. Like, oh. People, people really do not. Either they do know or they just are, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but, like, when people, like, next time you go to a restaurant, like, just kind of look at yourself. Okay. Step outside but, yourself. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I realize how difficult some y'all can be. At restaurants, right? Because I'm not. But I do have very specific food requirements in that like don't put no meat in my shit right so I try to ask before like does this have meat in it and then if they say no I'm like y'all sure they say no and be like all right I'll take this and one time I asked for like a fruit salad and I asked if it had cantaloupe in it and they said yeah and I asked could I get it without cantaloupe and the I felt like really bad about it. Are you allergic? No, like when okay. So I don't like melons, only watermelon, but if you put melon in a fruit salad, everything in a bowl tastes like that melon, whatever the melon is. Oh. And then mm. I like it doesn't set well with me. And I was like, so I understood where Sally was coming from on that level but not as specific as not wanting whipped cream from a can and expecting the diner to make handmade whipped cream yeah i was like bitch where have you grown up like what (laughs) i was like uh they don't like milk the cow in the back and turn this like what do you what what yours is a a cool whip maybe a miracle whip, some, I don't know. Whatever the stuff is that comes out of the can or possibly the tub, like, it's a diner, bruh. Also, like, that pie no is room. probably not even, like, you probably could just heat it up. It's probably not, like, a fresh-made pie. No, are you kidding? It's like, oh, we're trying to keep this place in business, like... <laughs> We have truckers and stuff here. Like, this is not, this is basically a McDonald's. You just sit here and order from, like, you have a waitress instead of, like, talking in a drive-thru <laughs> through a speaker. But, yeah, that part was ridiculous. I understand that she's very particular about the things that she wants. However, I feel like if you're going to be that particular, maybe you should consider staying your ass at home. This is yeah. a thought. <laughs> just a thought. Um... But yeah, so she she considers herself 
he calls her high maintenance, and she's like, I'm not high maintenance. He's like, she's like, you're one of the worst ones because you're high maintenance and you think you're low maintenance. <laughs> and um, he is correct on that one. He is correct because I was like, if you think you low maintenance, what do, what do you think high maintenance people are? I'm like, what, what are you, what are we saying? Um, and, uh, I think also this is about the time where they both start dating because they're encouraging each other to date. Um, Sally's date is gross. <laughs> I don't even understand why he, she said that his date pulled out a piece of her hair and started flossing with it. That's what? Like, what? That's what she said. And I was like, why would you, why would anybody do that? That's very, I know it's New York, but like, that's very odd. <laughs> that's, that's nasty. That's like a bit more than just like weird New York behavior. Just like, do we need to have like, do we, does somebody need to see to you professionally? Like what? And then um, Harry has also tried to date, but he said it was awful because all he could think about was his ex-wife. But then at at the same time, he still slept with her. Yeah, he was like, uh, Sally was like, maybe we should just focus on not, like, getting someone into bed and, like, getting better. And Harry's like, no, I I still fucked her. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, yeah, I had to leave the restaurant or whatever. But, I mean, I still, like, I still hit. (laughs) Excuse me? And Sally was just like, oh. Yeah, because I was just like, well, shit. Like, <laughs> you so damn depressed and thinking about your wife, but not that depressed. And that's when he was trying to, like, get his life back on track and fill that empty apartment with stuff. Yeah. Bless yeah. your heart. You need to fill that empty hole in your heart, you weirdo. Um, and then this is like, I think this is coming up on like the big famous scene of like this entire movie, which is they're still talking about Harry getting laid um, all willy nilly because like Miss Mama's is not like that. Um, I guess she, first of all, she calls it lovemaking, which I was like, okay. Um, and she's just kind of like, I guess she regards it more of like a special thing or whatever. And Harry's like, yeah, I mean, that's cute and all, but like. <laughs> I'm not doing all that. So um, she was like, how do you even know? Because then he's talking about like he leaves so fast after. Yeah, he'd be like, um, I just try to get my nut and go. <laughs> but, you know, high that- maintenance women like you, basically you want to be held for a certain amount of time and do all this extra shit. And that's just not me. <laughs> she was, like, you sound like a sociopath. And then he... <laughs> And she was like, well, how do you know they're even liking it? And he's like, of course I, they do. I know. And he's like, of course they do. And I'm like, mm, as fast as you're moving, I doubt it. <laughs> you seem like you're, it just seems like a 10 minute <laughs> thing tops, like 10 to 20 maybe. Um, and then she's just like, you know, people fake orgasms. And she's like. He's like, okay, so what are you trying to say? <laughs> and she's like, well, they would have done that with me. And she was like, they could have. And he's like, well. So then she starts doing the whole thing where she's basically 
having one large orgasm at the table. And they're in a very famous deli. <laughs> they're in cats. So this is not an empty deli. This is pretty full. People are eating their food. And as much as people do weird shit in New York, sometimes you do something so weird that people actually have to turn around and look. And everybody's looking like, what? Like, what's going on? And Harry's just looking at her like, here, here, we're doing this here. <laughs> Why are we doing this here? And she goes and she's just like having her big finish. And somebody in the corner was like, I'll have what she's having. Which I was like, what do you think she was having in the first place? That patty melt, That tuna melt was off the hook. That corned beef hash, girl. It was slamming. So now he has something to ponder on that he's probably not going to ponder on. He should, though. All of Mm -hmm. you should. All of Mm -hmm. you should. Let me get close to the mic. All of you should. Yeah. Y'all are making some people very unhappy. That's all I got to say. I feel like some of these conversations would die down and some of y'all would get it together. Y'all making people very unhappy. I guess next is like a Christmas. Well, no, I think it's New Year's Eve. I keep calling it Christmas, but it was New Year's Eve. Um, They went to a party and they're dancing. It's cute. Yeah, this is the moment that I feel like they they both even though they don't address it at this particular point, this is when they kind of feel as they realize that they might have feelings for each other. Yeah, they're into each other. I don't remember what they did that was like the, you know, the light bulb moment or whatever. But this is when they were like, oh, I don't know what it is about New Year's that does that to people. Maybe it's all like the pressure of getting a New Year's kiss. But and like Christmas time too. I guess it's all the togetherness of the whole situation, but yeah, it kind of I'm trying to think of like all the movies that somehow somebody always falls in love around like New Year's Eve and Christmas or Christmas whatever. Switch them around. But yeah, but they're kind of into each other. I don't know this is probably the most eighties that she looks in the whole movie. In that dress. With this ponytail. The ponytail for no reason. It was on the side. Mm-hmm. But it was only one side of the pony. Like, one side of her head was a ponytail. It wasn't like she gathered it all and, like, tilted it. She just kind of grabbed a piece of hair that was hanging out on the left and just was like, here, let's put you up. I was going to say, she is a woman in her 30s with this random ponytail. And then I was like. You also literally just clipped a little bitty of hair up into a little bitty ponytail because you got a haircut. So let's not judge. Uh, I was going to say, do you two have a scrunchie on? <laughs> I don't, I, my hair a little too short for a scrunchie, but I got a little cloth clip, like a mini cloth clip that I like clipped in the front of my head. It kind of looked like pebbles. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, but you just have that one bit because it's always the bit that stands up, you know, the mm-hmm. highest is that one little bit in the front. I see it. I see it happening. Um, I guess we didn't really talk about clothes. I know you said like he looked, um, he had really nice sweaters. They both got really nice sweaters. I really love the. I love the fashion. I love the feel of this film. Um, it's very the reason why I picked it is because it reminded me of Autumn. 
um, mm-hmm. in the holidays and getting ready for that. That's why I picked it for our um, one of our films for this month. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone styled great, even for 1989. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The looks are very fashion forward and um I own pleated pants now. I would probably dress like that if I could find a nice blazer. I would probably pull up just like uh, Mary Ryan if I could find a hat and some gloves. Um, <laughs> it's a look that they're on a walk in the park where she has on like a little bowler hat, a, a giant blazer, some pleated pants, some leather gloves, and a mm-hmm. polka dot shirt. And I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. It kind of reminded me. I hate to make this reference or whatever, but it kind of reminded me of a certain movie. I've never seen this movie, so. Um, but it kind of like, um, what was her name? Not what was her name, but like, it's Diane Keaton, right? In Annie Hall, where she's like wearing, she's got like the sim similar, like hat going on. That was her, right? I'm not confusing her with. Um, I don't Meryl. watch that man's movies because he is. No, evil. I mean, like, that's not that's not what I'm trying to get into. I'm just talking about but the yeah, fashion. But yeah, but I've never seen it, but I've I haven't seen, seen stills. either. Um, I would have had I not read things about about a certain director. But um, yeah, it's like that same style, which that was in the 70s. But I guess it kind of, it was still kind of like, it's like very masculine, but like, not as severe as like her 80s clothes. I don't know how to like describe it um, because it's like pants um, and like um, what are those like waistcoat kind of things and like vests and like men's ties and stuff like that. I don't really know like where the whole like look comes from because these are the only two movies I've seen them. Um, I guess, like, in that I can reference. Um, I do know that Nora Ephron was a fan of said director that we will not name, not to make him, like, Voldemort or whatever, but, like, um, like back whenever the hell this movie was made. So um, uh, maybe that's where this is coming from. I don't know if it's, like, a direct reference because um, I also say, like, this movie is very... It seems very celebratory of New York, too. Um, just, like, in the shots and things, and just feels like... I can't... I wouldn't put Sally in, like, L.A., and I wouldn't put her necessarily in Portland or, like, Atlanta or somewhere. Like, this feels, like, squarely like something you would wear in New York. Um, But, yeah, it is kind of, like, nice and it's, like, a different take because, you know, usually in the 80s, people's clothes were garish. (laughs) This is a lot toned down, you know? Yeah, it's like neutral. Just it it it's something that even though it is eighties, is kind of timeless. At the same time, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like cool. Like I would wear that. Like I would I would dress like Billy Crystal. Like I would wear some big ass jeans and a sweater. Like I would wear that outfit and today. Bright white sneakers. Whatever those in them socks. Hell yeah! Like, I would socks. dress like that tomorrow. When he was out, they were power walking. <laughs> Him and Jess were power walking. They were, they were getting With it. With spandex on. 
he was moving, boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like a weird, I don't know what fashion, like what, what would you call that? But that was just kind of like what that reminded me of. But yeah, it is very cozy. Very it cozy reminds clothes. me of Pier One. Girl, <laughs> that was not what I thought you were about to say. Like Pier One Imports fashion. <laughs> reminds me of like old bookstores. Like it's a, like a writer, so it feels like writery clothes, I guess. Is um, it a Walden books or? Wow. No, it reminds me of old Barnes and Noble. Oh, I haven't heard that name in years. Let me smoke my cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what year this is. I guess this is '88, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and Harry and Sally are trying to set up their friends, uh, Marie and Jess. Um, Jess is kind of a dick as well, <laughs> but he is a writer. So Harry thinks that he will be good for Sally. And then I don't know why Sally thinks Marie would be good for Harry. <laughs> Marie is a woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> she has a pulse. And, and she's, she's from New Jersey. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. They're both from New Jersey, and they're not even from the same part of New Jersey, I don't think, so, like, there's nothing there. No. Also, like, nobody likes New Jersey, so, like, why would you have an extended conversation about (laughs) somewhere you both hate? And it is a terrible... Also, double dates, I guess? Um... Yeah, I could say definitively i'm not usually a fan of hanging out with my significant others well not my significant others but like my friend's significant other um i just have no interest (laughs) in the things i don't know if i would want me and mine to be with you and yours like i'm more we're all friend friends friends yeah i could see that if we were all friends and then we sort of paired off in some sort of like weird fan fiction sort of way okay like okay this scenario will work for me if we're all friend friends already right but we yeah, can't but be like swinging into a friend but not like swingers you know, not like that <laughs> key parties <laughs> and things really <laughs> not like a swinger situation not like that but i'm just trying to say like you're not trying to like Swing over your your single friends into a relationship. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, or like being the person that like you, your friends are together, but you're like, let me bring my sad friend that doesn't have anybody. Yeah. That never works out. Yeah, the whole thing sounds um, like a nightmare to me. Yeah, and it, it didn't go well. Marie and Harry do not hit it off. Jess and Sally don't hit it off. They don't have much in common, despite being writers. Um, they are worse, I think, than Marie and Marie and Harry. Just like have nothing to talk about. Uh, Jess is like rude, <laughs> and they. I don't know who this person. Let me look at this name. They're Bruno arguing Kirby. about. Um, no, 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 not the actor. They're arguing about somebody named Jimmy Breslin. I don't know if that's a real person. I'm about to look. That some author that they don't fuck with. <laughs> well, no, she doesn't fuck with him, but like Jess likes him. So this is a real person that he wrote a column for the New York Daily News. Um, 
and he wrote a lot of novels and other things. So um, he would have been slightly older than them, uh, but like, well, yeah, very older than them, I guess. But yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, he. This is in the nineties. Um, one of his fellow columnists described his article as sexist, and Breslin heatedly retorted with racial and sexual invective. Okay. Oh, yeah. And his his fellow columnist was Asian American. <laughs> Oh. So there, that that's where you get that from. So I don't know if like you know, uh, Sally being a journalist kind of already knew about this person and being like he sucks ass, and then just as you know being a dude was like he's the greatest. You know, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Um, it seemed like that conversation was getting really heated. <laughs> Whereas Harry and Marie have nothing to say to each other because what do you have to talk about in New Jersey other than it's just New Jersey and it's not New York. Also, each of them know each other's business. Like, well, yeah, they talk to each other about each other. Yeah. So Marie knows Harry's business because Sally tells Marie all about Harry. And Jess knows all of Sally's business because Harry talks constantly about Sally. Yeah. You know, at a certain point, I'd be like, well, damn, do you want to date her? (laughs) (laughs) Like... You know, if you love it so much, why don't you marry it kind of thing? Because, <laughs> like, damn, like, wh- we're still talking about Sally. <laughs> we ain't got nothing else to talk about <laughs> today. <laughs> like, uh, well, Jesse was also very confused about the whole men and women being friends thing, so. He believes it's impossible. He, I guess he's relaying his findings to Jess in this instance. But, like, <laughs> so. It's kind of like, they both don't really, I mean, at this point, like, if I was Harry's friend, I'd be like, do you need to have a discussion? You need to sit down with her and talk about something because you have been talking a lot about this person and I don't know if I want to hear anymore. <laughs> I'm sure she's lovely, but like, please work it out. And they, they, they got to talk it through. Yeah. You know, you got to come to the conclusion. Some people just got to come to the conclusion themselves, I guess. Um. But, and the good thing is, is that Marie and Jess, like, they're perfect for each other. I forget how they figure it out. Like, they both, like... She, she, Marie quotes an article that she read in the Times or one of the newspapers. And then Jess is like, bro, I wrote that. And she's yeah. like, what? She's like, I never really read these papers, but I read that and it's, it, it, it stuck with me. And I loved it. Yeah, and I'm sure his writer's ego was like, yes, bitch, I love it. (laughs) This is the greatest day of my life. And they start talking about other stuff, and they're just talking, you know, across the table and um, at each other. And I think after dinner, Harry's like, you know, why don't you wait to call Marie, you know, because I don't want Sally to feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) And then Sally's like, you know, you might want to, like, wait, you know. Like with Jess, because you know Harry is feeling vulnerable right now. I don't want him to feel rejected. And they're like, "Yeah, okay." And then as soon as they get a moment, they're like, "Taxi!" And they run off. As soon as one pulled up, they was like, "Bye, y'all. Bye. Have a great time. We're gonna go to someone's apartment. <laughs> we are out of here." 
They they pulled off on them. That that scene hit me cracking up. But then I felt bad for That's both great. Harry and Sally. Well, they try to be like, don't embarrass them. Don't embarrass my friend or whatever. But I was like, it's you that needs to not be embarrassed, clearly. Yeah. Because, they... like, look, <laughs> y'all both got broken up with. And these other people who Maria is still seeing this man years later, like that married man. This is like the, the thing that finally got her to leave him alone. And you then did Jess it, is Sally. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least you got that to have. Because I was like, now listen, I'm tired of Carrie Fisher being embarrassed like this. Like, he's like, what she said? She was like, I snuck and saw his like American Express receipt and... He spent like $250 on a new nightgown for his wife. I don't think he's ever going to leave her. And I was like, God damn, it's been like five years. No, he's not leaving her. He is not leaving. No, he is not going anywhere. (laughs) You out here looking crazy. He's there to stay. You out here looking crazy. Like, please. So this is a good thing. Even though like Jess is, you know, know, a little wild. (laughs) But... Um, yeah, I think, like, they're, like, what is it, the next scene is, like, four months later, and Jess and Marie are either getting married or moving in. I think they're moving in together at this point. Yeah, I mean, marriage is happening really fast in this movie, so, like, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it was both, because they're also talking about, they wanted to buy them a gift, so I was trying to figure out if it was a housewarming gift or, like, a wedding present, um... And they're, like, having fun in, like, the little store, like the, I don't know, Sharper Image or whatever. <laughs> I don't remember what. Is it a Sharper Image? Um, it might I, be. I feel like it was. I was like, damn, what's the last time you saw a Sharper Image? And um, they're, like, you know, singing karaoke off key in the little thing or whatever and having fun. And then Harry sees his ex-wife and he starts panicking. Which I thought was interesting. Usually it's like the girl sees their ex-boyfriend and starts freaking out. But it was actually the other way around. And um, girl, like when his wife, his ex-wife showed up, I was like, damn, he left. She left you for somebody who was not cute. Um, she didn't. She didn't care. I mean, he's right. She just wanted to be out. Also, he's an attorney. So I'm assuming the bag was quite hefty she was out um yeah so he's embarrassed they go to jess and marie's house they're arguing about some wagon wheel table that was really ugly very 80s and it wasn't bad no it was it was (laughs) you want a wagon wheel in your home you want the oregon trail in your living room under glass it brought some pizzazz to the room. Okay, okay. Why not? <laughs> a little, little uh, icebreaker moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me something to talk about. Uh, but uh, Harry goes the fuck off. Because he's basically like, all this is bullshit. Eventually you're going to be arguing about this in front of a divorce lawyer. And you're going to be wondering who's going to get what <laughs> ugly piece of furniture. And he is just having a bad day. Yeah. And Sally has to pull him out on the street like, what the fuck's your problem? <laughs> yeah, like, 
like, why would you do that? They're like engaged, most likely about to get like, you know, they're moving in at least. And like, what, what, excuse me, projecting like it's not, you know, not everybody's story is going to have a terrible ending. (laughs) And then he starts railing on her about how she hasn't really been as emotional as he has been about. Uh, her boyfriend breaking up with her, and she was like, what the fuck is the problem? <laughs> and then she basically calls him a whore. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, baby's first fight. Oh, they, they didn't do it. They were going in on each other. Then they, they should have. He was out of, he was out of line. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not... It's not, you know, if you don't like the ugly wagon wheel, all you got to do is say so. You don't have to tell them they're going to be fighting over it in the divorce a few years from now. Like, that's that's bad vibes. Yeah, if that's what you think, you just think it. Yeah, and then you just, you say, I'm so sorry to hear that happen. <laughs> when it happens, like, why are you, you fucking up the vibe, you're scaring the hoes. Exactly. Don't do that. You know yeah. they're scared about moving in because you were scared about moving in with Helen. Yeah, she probably tri- he's probably triggered because she took all his shit. Mm-hmm. And all he had <laughs> left was that rug. Just <laughs> went out. He didn't have anything in that house. And Sally's dating somebody, and he and Harry kind of you know feels away, but he's also dating someone. Turns out. Their, their, like, their respective partners are, like, complete opposites of, like, their personalities because I think Sally went to, like, a baseball game with this guy and Harry's, like, she fucking hates baseball. And then I think, like, I don't know what his girlfriend's name is, but, like, she runs, like, a, a, a pastry shop or something, mm-hmm. a bakery, and Sally's, like, he hates baked goods or something like that, like... It's basically, they know too much about each other. It's one of those things where you just kind of like, you know so much about that person. And you're like, that person's not right for them, but you're not going to say that to them, obviously. You just say it to somebody who might say it about, you uh, know. say it to somebody else who might say it to them. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> that's how you do it. And, uh, and I think later, Sally calls up Harry and she's on the phone crying she is boohooing, ugly crying, snot yeah. running down her arms. Well, at first I was just like, damn, is she okay? And then he, she's like, Joe's getting married. Her ex-boyfriend's getting married. Um, and it's to the woman that he met after her. And so uh, Harry comes running over, puts on a nice little sweater, little sweater set, some cute shoes, comes over, sits with her. And she's just like, he's not supposed to marry the next person he met after me, like, this, he's supposed to be in a transitional period. We're all supposed to be in a transitional period. And he wanted to get married. Like, it's basically like, she had said, like, he didn't want to get married. That's what she had, like, initially said. But I, she's like, he just didn't want to get married to me. Yeah. Um. So that's a tough realization. <laughs> yeah, that hurt her heart. That kind of hurt her, my heart a little bit on her behalf. Uh, her heart. Mm-hmm. She heartbroken. <laughs> and uh yeah, they're talking and stuff, and then she does the hold me, don't leave me. <laughs> and I was like, damn. 
Everybody needs to cut the Nora Ephron estate a check. <laughs> like, please just hold me a little longer. Oh, yeah, she, he, he held her a little too long. A little too long. Should have released that grip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they started making out. And I was like, finally, let them kith. They did kith. All right. They kith. They did some other stuff. And Harry's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that was a, 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 I don't know how to describe that facial expression, but it was terror, <laughs> panic. And he's very quiet. He's like, okay. You know what it is? It's like, um, it's like Job Bluth, where he's like, I've made a huge mistake. One of those. <laughs> it's definitely one of those. And she's sitting up there looking like, I don't know. She's kind of walking on sunshine a little bit. Yeah, she's just like, oh shit, I've been rearranged. <laughs> and he's like, when can I slip these pants on and creep out the door? I Yes, which is like, she's already done told you that she disapproves of you doing that to other women. So here you go. Sneaking out. Basically, because I think she's like, oh, do you want some water? I can get you some water. And then I think he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then he's like, I got to go. <laughs> he's like, you want to watch a movie? want to watch a film? He's like, yeah, that shit uh, alphabetized. No, I'm good. Well, I think, too, he was like, you have all your films alphabetized on a Rolodex. She's like, yeah. Don't Duh. you? <laughs> Duh, bitch. Of course I do. <laughs> He's like, I need to bounce. <laughs> he was like, um, my Uber's outside. I gotta go. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I can't get charged. You don't come down in five minutes. They charge you. Gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> Such a mess. Like, why would you do that to your best friend? She, she literally knows all your secrets because that's your best. That's literally your bestie, dog. She knows your M.O. She knows you're a whore. <laughs> that's there's nothing bestie. wrong with being a whore. But, like, come on. That I is feel, your bestie. I feel like you don't treat your bestie like you do all the other, like, it just felt very careless, you know. It was a mess. A hot ass mess. And it was not thought through. No. Poorly I think, planned. I think they have even in the later. moment, even if it was spontaneous, like you needed a better exit strategy here. Yeah. Like why would you wait to see you know what? Like, I feel like obviously it's not the best time probably to talk about it right then and there. <laughs> But maybe you could have just kind of toughed it out <laughs> or something. Like, I mean, no, like, hostage situation. But, like, why would you think it was just okay to just dip like that? And you, you both of you guys know how each other are. So, like, ooh. And they immediately call, each of them separately, call Marie and Jess to oh, tell yeah. what just happened. I forgot about that. Yeah, they call them at some ungodly hour in the morning. And they're both like, Maria and Jess are both like, what the fuck? And then, but first of all, I also love how they both have their own phone lines in their room. Mm-hmm. 
so they individually get calls. And um, this is kind of a like a repeat of like the split screen from earlier when like Harry and Sally were on the phone with each other watching Casablanca. And um, and they're both talking. I like the dialogue, how they did it. Like, they're all kind of, it's almost like they're all having one big-ass conversation, but they're kind of just like, who the hell is on, in the room with you? And it's like, nobody, that's TV, is Brian Gumble. That's Brian Gumble. <laughs> I was like, obviously, they're asleep. They live together. Like, who you think it's going to be? Yeah, like, what? <laughs> suddenly just should be out of the picture like what but yeah so they're talking and they're like well they're happy for them Jess and Marie was like finally shit we've been hoping I was like y'all finally did it yay but then yeah. they each was like mm, this is a mistake and they were like oh fuck oh girl I know I know it was a mistake yeah yeah mm, that's <laughs> sad damn mm. I know yeah. right <laughs> Yeah, like, ooh, that's hard. Oops, I'm so sorry that happened. But, <laughs> like, it, yeah, it's a very well-played scene because he's kind of, Harry's kind of like, I don't think I should have done that. And then, like, Sally's more like, it was really awkward. <laughs> like, like, the after, I think it's the after was the awkward part. Everything else before was, like, okay. <laughs> but... Is the after. Yeah. It's not good. And um, like, well, shit. And they, moving forward, they don't know how to approach it. Yeah, they have like dinner one night and they're both kind of like, I think before dinner, they were both kind of thinking individually like, oh, I hope that she says it was a mistake before I have to say it's a mistake. And she's like, oh, I hope I get to say it first or something like that. So then they end up talking and uh, they basically like semi-agree that it was a mistake. And then I think they get into it some more, but I don't remember this whole conversation, to be honest. They, uh, I know over dinner they talk about how they shouldn't have done it and it was a mistake. And then they spend the rest of the dinner not talking. And Harry's like, mm, I enjoy that our friendship is so great. We could just eat it in silence. But then he also kind of low-key calls her like a pity fuck. He does say some stuff. That was like, uh, maybe, maybe not say that about your friend. <laughs> he says a lot of vile stuff about her. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, just because she's your friend that you you don't talk down on her. And like it gets okay. Like this period is like awkward, but it gets worse at Jess and Marie's wedding. Um, yeah. There's nothing Which, like a wedding to make you feel even better about yourself, that your love life is tanked. <laughs> they get to arguing at the wedding about what happened. And this this part made me crack up laughing because it was fucked up. Because <laughs> Harry's like, we just need to move fast. It, it happened. It happened so long ago. Like, I barely remembered it happened. And... Sally's like, what? That just happened. And he's like, what do you mean? That was like three weeks ago. Oh my God. And she's like, yeah, that just happened. He's like, you know how like dogs, <laughs> <laughs> dogs, you know how time passes for dogs. Look at me like one minute seems like seven years for them. 
And she's like, what? Are you talking about, like, one of us in this scenario is a dog? Like, it's a dog? And she's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, am I the dog in this situation? And he's like, yeah. And they... I, and I was dying because um, he compared, first of all, three weeks is soon. Yeah, that was like less than a month ago. Yeah, like not enough time has passed. And obviously you guys have way more stuff to talk about um, because you have not reached a conclusion on where your friendship is at this particular moment after you had sex. So you have more things that you need to hash out. Y'all need to have some more conversations about this. And one of y'all is on this page and the other y'all, oh, the other one is on that page. So y'all need to get on the same page and y'all need to talk. Y'all need to have a lemon squeeze about this. <laughs> um, that's basically what it boils down to. And Sally is feeling some kind of way about it. Um, I mean, I would, too, if you're just like, okay, let's get over it. Like, no, bitch. That just upended our friendship. Because if you want me to get over it, I guess we're not talking anymore. <laughs> it's my version of getting over it. I guess we won't be speaking any longer. <laughs> like, and you call me a dog. <laughs> Men are so stupid. I don't know. <laughs> it's... It's mind-boggling if you really think about it. I don't know why they're in charge. Yeah, like he, he, even though he tells everyone his surface opinions a lot, like he just blurts out how he feels all the time. He isn't ready to talk about any of this and he just wants to move past it and not get into it get into any of the specifics and he can't just bulldoze past the situation and Sally is not going to let him. And it's still, it's still hilarious that they both know so much about each other and think that they can kind of like both, they both think they could kind of like skate around this. This is why this movie is so good. Yeah. I, I don't know. Cause the thing about being friends is that you talk it out rather like in a relationship you'd probably just break up over it but like you can't do that in a friendship but then y'all don't know what y'all are anymore because y'all won't talk about it so therein lies a conundrum you're in a bit of a pickle because you got out your pickle no Ah. wasn't thinking about that now where are you hearing Ah. (laughs) it's also funny about their since they're doing this at the reception ghetto but then like also their their toes at the wedding the toes have me dying (laughs) he said thank god basically we didn't find y'all attractive thank god y'all ugly as fuck thank god (laughs) y'all ugly or we wouldn't be here right now oh god imagine if we had seen it for either of y'all whoo We'd be in a different timeline. Different timeline completely. We would not be having this reception. I know that much. <laughs> I was like, well, damn. In front of everybody. And then the whole room started clapping. Like, that would hurt my self-esteem, honestly. You called me I would just, in front of everybody. <laughs> like, if somebody said, basically, called, like, I was just called a dog. Um, Got basically told I was ugly. 
and a whole room like erupted in applause, I would just be like, hmm. I would have to walk out with a bottle of champagne that I know is in that room because that looked like a rich reception. Yeah, you got to just grab one of the bottles from the open bar and just say, peace, I'm going home, taking a cab uptown or whatever. Like, leave me out of this. Mm-hmm. Leave me out of this completely. Um, so I think in the meantime... Harry is leaving a bunch of goofy messages on on um, Sally's machine because you see do that. I miss you like yeah. every day. Singing and Won't shit. Wanna be with you, but yeah. you're away. But you're away. He ain't singing Beyonce, but y'all know. Yep, just gotta me in the background, semi harmonizing. Like, go ahead, get it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, because everything they had done together, like buying Christmas trees and shit like that, like Sally's doing on her own. So imagine, I don't know how people do it in New York, honestly. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm really trying to figure out how she dragged that Christmas tree up whatever street she lived on. This movie made me want to have Christmas in New York for some reason. Like, it made me feel like Christmassy in New York, but conceptualizing Christmas in New York made me feel a way. Like... I always want to visit New York, like the city in winter, but I know it's cold as hell because I live in the Midwest and it's colder there. So oh, like, it's colder? Really? Yeah. Sometimes it gets colder. Nice. Like last um, time I was there, it was like 19 degrees or something. And I was like, this is the last motherfucking time I'm coming up here in the winter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not doing it. And everything's so like busy. But it also seems, I know it's the media. The media has poisoned my mind. Media is um, poison. But like it just seems extra magical because like everything's just so like bright and lit up. I know still like piss on the streets and everything. It's I know major you'll city. see somebody like pissing coming off trains and stuff, but like it would be a nice thing to experience. It is a major city with a lack of bathrooms available to the public unless you pay for things. Which, <laughs> so, gotta fix that. Yeah, I don't know how they're gonna make that work. Because um, who's gonna maintain them bathrooms? I don't know. If I don't, I feel like I've said this on here. I don't remember. But um, most of my family is actually from New York on my mother's side. Um, my mom was born there, aunts, uh, my grandmother. My grand well, my grandfather was not, but he lived there, um, and like my extended cousins and all that, like all of them were born in New York City. So I hear about New York fairly often. My uncle and my cousins are the only ones that still live there. Everybody else has moved away, but it's still like one of their kind of happy memories. My mom rarely talks about New York though because she was very young when she moved away, so she doesn't really talk about it. But she does talk about. Like, going to, like, she was telling me about, like, going to her, either her grandmother's or her aunt's house um, for Christmas and them having to carry up everything up the walkway because the elevator was out, of course. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and riding from Brooklyn to, like, Queens or whatever, which is a far, sounds very far, <laughs> at least looking at it at maps. I don't know how it was. Or going to the Bronx to visit, like, family and stuff, so... Um, 
I don't know. In movies, it makes it seem very magical. I don't know what that's about. It feels very more, maybe it feels more community-oriented um, in the sense of, you know, everybody's walking kind of together um, and interacting together. I mean, as much as people, like, may not, like, actually talk to each other, but, like, it just feels more of, like, a... I don't know. In the movies, it feels more of like a community thing. Um, I don't know what it's about. New York can be very romantic. It can be very gross, but it can be very romantic at the same time. And I don't know. It's not really easy to replicate that anywhere. Um, but in movies, usually, if if the person really loves New York, you can tell. Yeah. This is a film that loves New York. Yeah. Um, it's very like, I don't know. I've, I've only been to New York in the winter recently. Um, and before that I would go in the summer during like summer trips and stuff. Um, I've never really gotten to explore it really like as an adult. I'm hoping to next year, but not in that damn winter girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I want to go Ooh. when it's cool. Like I've been in the summer. Um, but I want to go like in like October, November, when it's cool. I want to go when it snows, which sounds wild, but I love snow, so. It's a special city. Sometimes, you know, especially when you're on Twitter and stuff and you're hearing from other people about it and how awful it is, it can be like, God damn, that sounds like a nightmare. But, like, when you see it on screen, it's just kind of like you could tell, like, of course people fall in love with the city. Like, look at it. Even on like its worst days, it's still like amazing place to be. So I feel you. I think autumn in New York would be the best time. Mm-hmm. Ain't that a movie with white people? That isn't a movie with Winona Ryder and Richard Gere. And I was looking for that movie to watch along with this movie, but I could not find it. And then I read the synopsis and I was like, I don't know if I actually want to watch this because it's like Richard Gere is like 20 years older than her <laughs> or something. She teaches him about love and friendship and loss or whatever. I was like, all right, no. <laughs> I actually yeah, don't want to watch that this. That doesn't seem like my thing. He follows like, he's like a middle-aged restaurateur mm. and womanizer who falls in love with a sweet young woman that's terminally ill. So, yeah. So, I don't know, like a John Green type thing. I don't know. <laughs> like, what would you call this movie? Why you, my why mom you had this movie, John though. Green? Doesn't it's not usually what John Green does with his movies, but they're like they're teenagers. Um, he dabbled. I know that's what the one movie was. Chelaine. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Was that the Fault in Our Stars? <laughs> Is that what it was that's about? what it was about. I think. <sighs> I don't really know too much about those, but I remember this movie being in our house for a long time. I don't know if we still have it. But, um, yeah, I've never seen this movie either. But, I yeah. But, anyways, back to the movie at hand. Um, they basically, like, Sally just basically, like, don't talk to me anymore. She was <laughs> I like, don't want to talk to you anymore. Stop playing on my fucking phone. <laughs> yeah, you know, back in the day when somebody would call your answering machine, it would literally play in your house at top volume so you could hear it because there was not really another way to hear it. And then I think... Eventually, we went down to what, like, you had to 
play it or something. Well, no, you, see, you could still play it, but I don't think you would hear it. I think you had to play it back loud or something like that, and then you'd hear it. Um, and then we just went to voicemails, and I don't listen to those, so. Yeah, I, I raise them unless it's important. I read them, so thank you for that, Apple, because I was not going to listen to any of these. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we are at New Year's Eve once again. And I think it's just Marie and Sally at some random party. Uh, Harry is nowhere to be found. I don't even know what Harry's doing. He's just like wandering around New York City. Yeah, he he in the streets being sad. It's a good place to be sad because you know what? Let me just tell you, nobody, and I mean nobody, is paying attention to you. <laughs> Everybody got their own problems to deal with. So if you want to be sad... And crying. What's that picture of that dude crying on the subway and everybody's just reading their books and shit? And he's having a full-on, like, nervous breakdown. It's a good city to be sad in. Yeah, don't nobody give a fuck. Like, you could, and it's on New Year's Eve. Nobody cares. Yeah, especially everybody going to parties and stuff. Don't be sad. How you gonna bring in the New Year's head? I mean, I, I mean, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> Not in this movie. Sally is basically like, I'm just going to go. Um, even though it's like two minutes to midnight. And Harry's in there sad. And I feel like he has like sort of, you know how like in, in Clueless when Cher had that revelation about Josh and everything just sort of lit up. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of what the revelation he had here. And he's like, I, I love Sally or something like that. And he's just kind of like, oh, shit, I think I love her. Let me. I got to find her. Yeah, I got to find her. Let me go run in the direction of this party. Let me try to get a cab, which, of course, all the cabs are like, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> and so he's running and running, and it's midnight, and Sally's like, all right, bounce. And he pops up, not dressed for the occasion, and then he's telling her, you know, she's like, you're full of shit and blah, blah, blah. Like, she's mad. And then he starts listing off all the supposed things that are, could be considered flaws about her that he loves, including but not limited to. Um, all those goofy-ass ways she orders food at restaurants and how her, like, brow kind of furs when she's, like, kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Which is what exactly what she looked like when, she was, <laughs> when he was saying all this stuff to her. And then he was said some other stuff. I know he said that he loves how she's the last person he wants to talk to before bed and that kind of thing. You know who watched this movie? Like literally everybody, but oh, Kat Stratford. Who is Kat Stratford? And she's like, you know I hate how Oh, never mind. I'm sorry, my bad. You <laughs> use the character names. I'm like, who the hell is that? <laughs> Yes. You know, I hate how you <laughs> acting. Come on, acting. <laughs> she was going through it in that goddamn stoop. <laughs> I have not watched 10 things I hate about you in a really long time. So I'd almost forgotten. Yeah, but she's like, I hate you. That's <laughs> Sally's like, I hate you. Which I guess is like code for I love you. Yeah. Sure, why not? She hate how much I love you, like Rihanna. Oh, God. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, B- I think Rihanna has a lot of those, like, I hate you, but I love you. God damn it. Um, songs. But yeah, Sally's like, I hate you. And they're kind of like making out or whatever. But it's clear that they both love each other. And um, they end up having their own sort of couples interview at the end of the movie. Uh-huh. And they're talking about how they got married. Like, I don't know. How long? Like, didn't they say like three weeks or three months later? Yeah, they was like, we got married with the quickness. They got the venue quick, though. I'm so confused at how anybody is getting married in nice places <laughs> this fast. <laughs> now they're like, you know, you got to wait a year. And put down that deposit today. They probably were preparing for it. Oh, yeah, they had a little piggy bank just, <laughs> just in case. And Sally probably had her wedding fun. She seems like the person to prepare for a wedding. She seems like she would have several savings accounts with individual, like, you know, I put money in this account for this, you know, thing or whatever. She seems very prepared for things in general. Um, And so they're kind of talking about how they met, which, of course, there some people, you know, couples will get it wrong, like a detail wrong, and they'll correct them, and it's cute, and then... um, yeah, it's like they have their own little kind of thing, and and now they're the happy couple. Although we never heard from Jess and Marie about their happy things. I wish we had heard of them from them, too, but yeah, they together. Mm, hopefully for cute. a little minute. Yeah, and they can have their nice, beautiful sweaters. A couple sweaters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got to show up to the next Christmas Eve thing some couple sweaters and some matching Reeboks. Oh, that'd be cute. (laughs) I was kidding, but okay. (laughs) That'd be cute. That'd be so cute. You know, the girls love a a matching J's moment. Like, that's cute. That's cute. (laughs) Would you match? What would you match? Docs. Which is your significant other. Y'all both wearing docs? Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be like a... Docs and Vans. Who's the new couple? Is it Courtney and Travis and Megan and... Oh, no. Whatever, that's, that's, whatever that white boy's name is. That's oh. first <laughs> energy. I don't want... Well, I am the weed. I would be the weed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. It's Ashley, and I'm editing, and... Sorry for this weird transition right here, but basically me and Brittany got into like a 20 minute long tangent about how boring celebrities are and, you know, some of the more infamous celebrity couples. But, you know, it's kind of pointless. Don't want to, you know, the episode's already long as hell already. Didn't want to drag this out. So you didn't really miss anything. It's just us, you know, shooting the shit. This would go into another conversation about like romantic comedies who's good enough to lead one because it's not very, it's not just as simple as being very, very attractive. You also have to be very attractive and have good chemistry with your person or your co-star. I'd want to want to watch you. You have to have charisma on your own. Yeah, charisma. Like I have to like want to like watch like, you know, like literal star power where this like draws you in and stuff. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. It feels 
little bit like I think we spent so long doing the celebrities are like us thing that now it just feels like, well, damn, bitch, why are you on screen? Like, I don't care about you. <laughs> it's almost like watching like reality television. It's just kind of like, I don't really like I don't need to see this. Like, who cares? But I don't know. It goes into a lot, too, with like what we talked about in. Um, please remind me of what that movie's called. Really love. Yes, thank you. I was going to say Sylvie's Love. But uh, in Really Love, like, they just, to me, they didn't have the chemistry that it needed to be, like, to have the, like, that would have, like, make up the backbone of this movie. Um, even though Billy Crystal plays, like, a, like a, a very uncouth, <laughs> maybe not maliciously so, but just, just really gross sometimes. <laughs> Like, you still want to watch him. He's still interesting. He's still funny. And it's just, like, nobody's really, I don't know. Nobody really just gives me all three, you know? And that's the criteria. Like, that is the criteria for a successful romantic comedy. I feel like you'd have to be okay with looking stupid, which now that everybody's personas are so locked down and, you know, hardened into... (laughs) into what they are it's just kind of like I don't know if anybody's really like willing to put themselves out there like that um I don't know people just don't seem to be having fun like that either it just all seems very transactional and boring and I don't know it feels very cynical but I don't know if we're ever going to get a really good romantic comedy again um although like what is this shit that came out (laughs) I don't mean to call it shit. Well, what is this like movie that they had? What is that? Cynthia Revo? Is this a is this a comedy or is this a drama? The um, needle that in is it. not a comedy. That's called the needle not, in a time stack. That sounds very awful. I didn't watch it um, because I was like, no, thank you. But like, I now that watched I know time um, travel. I definitely won't something. Watch it. I watched it on mute. <laughs> just to, like, and I scrolled through it just to get to whatever the the. The end point was to see what yeah, everybody was losing their mind about. The twist. Mm-hmm. The end. Which is the title. Twist. <laughs> and it was a twist, boy. Yeah, I don't like time travel, so I don't know about all that. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. But although Orlando Bloom is in this movie, yeah, I didn't, really know I didn't recognize him. Told him yeah, it's, he's. He looks a little different, but. I didn't watch it. I just kind of saw them in the first two seconds, and I was like, yeah, I'll be skipping this one. So <laughs> whatever it's supposed to be, I will not be participating. I mean, I don't know how you feel about the, the next wave of romantic comedies and dramas, dramedies. I don't – the last good one, like, of the modern ones I've watched, that was kind of fun. You got, I watched a couple. I watched a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So the last couple good ones that I watched that I enjoyed, like there is like Palm Springs with Andy Samberg and the mama from um, How I Met Your Mama. And <laughs> okay. I should know the lady name. She pop up with stuff. She's she's good. Um, it's not like this. this. It's not iconic, but like it's a fun watch on Hulu. You check it out. Um, there's also like Long Shot from 2019 with Seth Rogen. And Charlie's Theron, um, that was a fun oh, watch. Um, I didn't watch that one, but I heard about it. I enjoy watching it. Like, and these are 
But the difference with the leads and this compared to some of the other romantic comedies is that they're comedians. So they're not like, like they're funny and they're not afraid to embarrass themselves or like um, do things that are a little bit more embarrassing to sell a joke. Um, Same with my boy. He could do a romantic comedy too. Um, Which boy? What are you talking about? Adam Sandler. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you got like the wedding singer. You got Fifty First Dates. Um, yeah, I haven't seen him do something like that. He, you know, Adam Sandler's filmography is, is a roller coaster. It's, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's all it, over the it, place. It hurts sometimes. <laughs> And you got you got like you got punch drunk love, you got uncut gems, you got the water boy, you got click, you got Hubie Halloween, you got <sighs> Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, like it's everywhere. Uh I will say that click was fucked up. Um <laughs> I think I was not prepared for almost every day of my life. I I I went into that movie being like, okay, and then being like, oh no, I don't I don't want that. And the time comes for us all. <laughs> the cold clammy hand of death. That was awful. Um yeah, I mean he's got some good ones too, but yeah, you're kinda right. It's like the comedians are usually the ones that are like chill about it. Um, but like the actors, like comedians can be funny, bro like funny in the romantic comedies, but you can get a dramatic actor to be funny and sexy. Mm-hmm. And that's like a little different. Sometimes he doesn't Nah, never. He tries, but it doesn't work. Who are you talking about now? Like, I'm thinking, has he? No, he's not. I'm thinking about Will Smith. Oh, yeah. Eh. He does. I mean, he has them. I don't really like a hitch or whatever that yeah. was. Um, so, I don't really, I can't really give you that <laughs> one. But, uh... Yeah, I'm looking through the ones that have been recent, and either they're about time travel, ugh, or they're really old. Like, Crazy Stupid Love is probably one of the last ones I liked a lot, and that was 10 years ago. Mm. Like, and that was a that was a roller coaster of a movie. <laughs> there was a lot going on, because I think you had, that movie too, they had like, or not that movie, but that year too, like, Friends with Benefits came out. Um, I think before that, well, Love and Other Drugs is kind of a lot. Bridesmaids came out that year. I don't know what happened. I don't know. You can blame it on a lot of things, but yeah, it's been a little rough out there. Oh my God, what's your number? What's your number? I tried to rewatch What's Your Number like maybe two years ago. It almost broke my brain, but (laughs) I watched it at that time because like my Chris Evans was in it. So yeah. I watched it. And also Zachary Quinto is in it. And I briefly. love Zachary Quinto. That's my boo. Brief- I love briefly. It. Huh? I said briefly. Yeah, he's in there. He dump her. Like everybody dump her. Um, he like rides a bicycle or some shit. But he dump her. He zooms through like, hey, mm, and rolls out. 
But I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this. And then the whole premise of this movie is like, I fuck too much. If I fuck one more person, nobody <laughs> else will want to fuck me ever again. My vagina will break. And I was like, what? And then everybody else, like all of her girlfriends in the movie, is like, girl, you fuck too much. If, if you fuck, if you take one more dick, <laughs> nobody else would ever want you anymore. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? Exactly. Yeah, it's a lot. And that was only, what, like 10 years ago? Like, yeah. my God. So, yeah, I mean, it's looking dry out here. Um, we went through this whole movie without even talking about what we're going to watch next, which is going to be Brown Sugar. Yes. Um, when did you fall Black classic, I think. <laughs> I'm laughing. Like, I have not seen this movie a million times. We're going to talk about K-pop. We're going to talk about hip-hop. Gonna... You're going to talk about K-pop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit here and, and listen faithfully. <laughs> Ren and Tear. The hip hop fucking Dalmatians. Oh god! For brown sugar, it kind of follows the same, a little bit of the same kind of thing in this movie, where you have two people. I do not remember Sinal Lathan's character's name. Sid, 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 and Dre. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, it's it's Sanaa Lathan and Tay Diggs. Um, Tay back again. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my god! Ah, uh, well, have you ever done a movie with Sanaa Lathan? Mm. Yeah. No. I think this is this might be our first one. This is, Tay Diggs is back. Um, sans hat for most of it. Um, but they meet as children. In New York, I can't remember the borough. It might have been the Bronx, but um, they're kind of meet late l- late seventies, I would say, as children, and they um, kind of meet around the time that hip hop is starting to well, really when it was born. Um, you know, people freestyling on the block and stuff. This is way before hip hop was what it is now, which is basically pop music. Um, this is still when it was very much still thing that black people did <laughs> and uh you kind of see their relationship grow um as hip-hop grows so there's that metaphor of when did you fall in love with hip-hop which i think is also like sid's like opening line for anything does she work for like vibe or something i think so yeah so um god remember magazines mm. i went to a vintage store yesterday and found Please. them. They were mostly was, like vintage Playboys and Playgirls, but oh god, somebody's always giving away a bunch of Playboys. Like I don't, what is that about? And I was like, <laughs> okay, but what is what is that about? Uh, yeah. So you know, it's kind of a little bit of the same thing where people are like oh y'all never been together have y'all and they're like no we're just friends and blah blah blah. i mean they haven't really had to have that little whole conversation because they've grown they've literally grown up together um so it's not like this whole thing of like them meeting as adults and then being like kind of sniff each other out or whatever um so it's another kind of cozy movie lots of good sweaters another new york movie um Mm -hmm. It's very interesting to see. I'm kind of 
Your movie came out in 2002? Mm-hmm. So it was about 20 years ago almost. Oh, my God. And um, it should be very interesting to see because my feelings about hip-hop music now versus then <laughs> have waned. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting concept, I think, to sort of wrap this romantic comedy drama this around is the concept of music. A film, um, Brown Sugar is a film that puts Harry's thesis, both of them, the amendments as well, to the test. Yeah. So I'm excited to revisit it. Yeah, I have not watched this movie around. I used to watch this movie a lot. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I haven't watched this movie in a long time. I believe it is streaming on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully it so will be when this episode comes out. And this movie, When Harry Met Sally, is also streaming on HBO Max. Um, you should watch it. It's only an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. We've talked longer than the movie was, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think well, once we watch Brown Sugar, we'll have a lot more comparisons because I was watching this and I was like, oh, yeah, this feels very Brown Sugar-ish. But, um, you know, you got like another type A type of personality in the girl and a little bit more laid back in a way that almost is detrimental to his life <laughs> um, in Tay Diggs' character. So this should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Queen Latifah's in it. That's enough. Yes. She Most is. Most Dev is in it. Who else is in this movie? Um, her, Nicole Ari Parker and yes, Boris Nicole Kojo. Boris. <laughs> ah, Boris. Where you been at, Boris? At home with Nicole Ari Parker. That's true. They're still married, aren't they? I believe so. God damn. They've been married forever. Also, I love Nicole Ari Parker in The Incredibly True Adventure of Two Girls in Love. Please watch that if you have the chance. She's gay in that movie. So. Check that one out. When? I don't remember where it's streaming. It might, it be, might on be on YouTube. YouTube. But it, looks, it looks really bad on YouTube. <laughs> but it's very interesting because, you know, usually... Usually our girls don't be in these movies <laughs> like this. It's, I was very surprised when I saw her in this. I was like, wait, a gay teen? Hmm. What? Like, it's not a movie I usually hear about. Um, t- like, talked about it all. I forgot how I even found it. And I was like, oh, shit, what? So, yeah, um, that's a good movie. But, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about Brown Sugar next. Um, we never even said we liked this movie. <laughs> um, just been talking. I enjoyed it. I liked it. It was parts. Um, a film that I I have never seen it prior to watching it, like, a couple weeks ago. Um, I've heard, obviously, I've heard such good things about it over the years, but watching it, um, a couple weeks ago, I was like, wow, this movie is really, really good. I don't know why, but I was like, oh, wow, it's actually good. Because sometimes you watch a movie, people say it's good, and it's like, mm, I don't know about that. That was mid. But yeah, this film is actually really um, interesting. Like, yeah, some of the concepts are uh, dated. Um, it was made in the late 80s. So 
you do have those politics to deal with, but I feel like it is still worth watching. Um, it was a lot. I didn't expect it to be depressing. And I say that, um, meaning I didn't know that portions of the film were about two, pre- two characters that were dealing with depression around um, losing a partnership, like going through the cycle of a breakup in a way that is a little different from other romantic comedies. Um, Usually they are broken up for a, like in a romantic comedy, you have someone break up in the beginning and then find that that romance. And then they spend the, um, the duration of the film, kind of like getting to know that person and then something different happens. But our characters are getting to know each other. Well, Harry and Sally are getting to know each other while dealing with depression over a breakup. So I thought that was something new that I hadn't necessarily seen before. Um, so I found that a little interest, like a little bit more interesting. Um, and overall, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and it was also a movie that reminded me of Fall. Um, and it was comforting. So I see why people really took to it and enjoy it and probably watch it over and over again. Yeah, it's a kind of a comfy movie. Like you would watch it as like a comfort thing, maybe, especially when it gets around this type of weather and this type of, or I guess around this time of year. Um, I liked it. I don't know if I would watch it over and over again. Um, but it was a sweet movie. I liked all the sweaters. I think the main thing I kind of took away, I was like, damn, I like New York. <laughs> um, movies like this always make me like New York more, even though like I have very like touch and go experience with the city. Um, and most of the times I've been there was as a small child. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see in like, this is like the blueprint of like a lot of rom-coms and I was like, oh, maybe I should check out, you know, Sleepless in Seattle or, um, I don't know about You Got Mail. That might be a little dated for you. That might be a little dated for me. You got mail. You got mail. Yeah. Taking it way back to the mid nineties. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely wanted to explore Nora Ephron's work a little bit more. Um and just kind of like I guess revisit or maybe not revisit, but like visit some of these classics that I've heard so much about but really never gave uh a lot of time to. Um she had a few, like we said, and uh, and yeah. So I mean, I would recommend it just like if you like romantic comedies, especially if you like, you know, enemies to friends, to lovers. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and you know what that means, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a good movie. I would recommend it. Yeah, we recommend it. We don't have any letters this month, but you can always email us at blackgirlfilmclub.com. Um, you can uh, hit us up at on Twitter at blkgirlfilmclub. You can follow us on Instagram at blackgirlfilmclub. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. 
um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, we're at a variety of other places. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're probably there. Uh, you can visit our website at blackgirlfilmclub.com. It's a little shaky right now, but give us time. And um, I think that's everywhere we're at. I just want to give a little thank you to um, the guys at White Savior Pod. Uh, or sorry, White People Can't Save You is the full name. Um, we were on their podcast. I think by the time this episode comes out, probably about a month or so, um, that we were invited onto their podcast. We talked about the baseball classic, Hardball. <laughs> we we did. It was a really great time. I learned yeah. about um, Chris Martin doing crimes <sighs> against the black community by singing Pony Barefoot. Yeah, I still haven't looked out for that video. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be okay in my ignorance. I don't need to know anything else. I think that's the smartest decision that I could make as a person. Um, and I would also like to say thank you to uh, Cameron and Jordan for inviting us. We had a great time. If you are interested in their podcast, they talk about white savior movies, so it can be a little bit frustrating. <laughs> because it's not always a genre of movie that is very enjoyable if you are black <laughs> so um you know go give them some love because they're doing the lord's work because mm-hmm. not over here that would not be <laughs> we gotta be going through it to do one of those movies my god mm. We can always do um, Soul Man. I, I mean, I've pitched it. She did pitch it, and I said, not that evil. Not that evil. I've tried. <laughs> so, yeah, give them a listen. Um, and uh, I guess, do we have any more announcements? Do we have anything else? Not at the moment. Okay. Go watch Brown Sugar. Watch this movie. Get cozy. Get your sweater. Get some tea. Get you some. Whatever Sally was having at that deli. Um, I don't even know. That's really a good question. I should go look and see. What, 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 what was getting her so hot? <laughs> it had to be good. It couldn't have been the corned beef. It had to be something good. Yeah, get that turkey sandwich and just settle in. Ooh, make yourself a soup. Mm-hmm. Good soup, a good soup time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, well, if there's no other announcements, um, we're gonna head out until mm-hmm. until next time. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.